Hello and welcome to the Encore Podcast. I'm Chris McCoy along with Gabby. And today I'm going to be talking with a guy that I've worked with at two different radio stations who is now working in television in Philadelphia. His name is Jason Lee. And I'm going to have a little conversation with Jason. Jason and I go way back. I'm really looking forward to that. And Gabby and I will also talk about a couple of things that we mentioned in the previous edition of the Encore, which we seem to have fixed. Now, if we could just do world peace, that would be wonderful. And we'll be talking about what we're watching on TV and a couple of movies, too, and uh, movies that have been nominated for an Academy Award or two. This is our fourth endeavor. This is our fourth excursion into the world of podcasting. Hello, Gabby. Hello, how's it going? Good. Very good, as a matter of fact. Gabby's in New York City. I'm down here right outside of Philadelphia, and uh, we are freezing our little butts off. It's one of those freezing cold weekends here, just a week before the start of spring. But that's, that's what March does on the East Coast. I remember it well. Last time around, we were talking about a couple of things that have come to fruition, right? Yeah. have, yeah. For example, the Major League Baseball lockout. I think we solved that problem. We did. We solved it. Congratulations. <laughs> it only took us three episodes to solve a big problem. <laughs> Someone relented. I'm not sure who. I guess it was the owners. They're the ones that, that put the locks on everything. But they're back open and the season will begin, what, April 7th? Yep. April 7th. And they're going to get all 162 games in. So they're going to have to shoehorn a few into that schedule, I guess. Go ahead. Shoehorn in. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I say. Because, you know, I did not want to really start or have April be baseballist this year. It's just just one of those things that all of us fans look forward to so much. And the first spring training games, I believe, start this Friday, the 18th. It's the pitching that's going to suffer at the beginning. Don't you think? Yeah, probably. Although hopefully they've been practicing and warming up in anticipation that this lockout would be solved. And then they heard our podcast and then they decided it would be solved shortly thereafter. So, <laughs> And also uh, mentioning that it's a freezing cold weekend here on the East Coast. It is, we're, we're recording this on the first day of daylight saving time, which Yay. we also discussed last time around, whether we like it or not, it's here. I said, I like it. I like I'm happy it. it's daylight savings time too. Someone yeah. referred to me today as daylight saving time. Number one fan. I'm ecstatic that the sun will not set until 7 p.m. today. This is the best time of the year. I'm, I'm in total agreement with that. Looking forward to summer. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to some warmth, for goodness sakes. All right. Uh, here's the thing that we really want to dive into today. Uh, the stuff that we're watching on TV, I have to admit, I've become a real couch potato this winter. Uh, you know, I mean, I should be out there doing something. I know you run on a regular basis, right? I do. Yeah. Which is nice to get outside, but probably not as nice when it's a high of 25 degrees and I'm bundling <laughs> up to go outside and telling myself, I'm going to feel better after I do this. I'm going to feel better after I do this. <laughs> A journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And it's so true. Whether it's going to the gym or just getting your sneakers on and getting out there and running, you got to do that first step. And I'm not willing to do it. I'm sorry. I'm just, just... (laughs) so I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV. Uh, What is it that you've been watching, Gab, that uh, has been holding your attention so far this winter? On the live network television, I'm actually very excited this week for the end of The Bachelor. The finale is going to take place over two nights this upcoming week, Monday and Tuesday. Which by the time they hear this would have been yesterday and the day before. 
That's very true. I'm excited for the listener right now because you know the ending of The Bachelor that I do not know at this current taping. So congratulations. <laughs> I have a feeling, you know, no spoilers here, but I think if you've been watching The Bachelor, I think you may have an idea how it's going to end. Yeah, I agree uh, with you. I think yeah. it's going to end maybe in a way that's not usual, but is sort of expected at this time, not to give any spoilers away. Well, but at this point, they already know what happened. So we can spoil away. That's here's, true. All right. Here's my thought about that. I think that, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clayton. <laughs> that's right. Clayton. Or as all the women call him, Clayton. Clayton. <laughs> yes. Um, I hey, think that Trenton. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that he's going to walk away from this and he's, you know, there's not going to be, uh, a proposal. There were only two women left going into the finals. Third one walked away because apparently he uh, had sex with with two of the other ones, which was a big no no for her. To his surprise, what you mean you don't want me anymore just because I had sex with the two other women? <laughs> but he did tell her that he loved her the most. So doesn't that he, count for anything? Yeah, well, yeah, but you know he loves everybody. I mean, he's he was falling in love with all three of them, and he told all three of them that he loved them. So, and I guess that's possible to love more than one person. But I just find it funny the drama. You know, the drama, the drama. is just for me. Pardon me, but for me, it's all trumped up drama. You know, the producers know exactly what they're doing. It doesn't feel real to me. And the and I'm watching this quite frankly because my wife is a big fan. And so Monday nights, we would sit down to watch TV and she would want to watch The Bachelor. And I got hooked in, even though I know it's not real. It's trumped up drama. I still got hooked in. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of men that watch The Bachelor. I think it's becoming more of a universal watch by all genders. But I definitely agree with your assessment. I think he will walk away alone. My only caveat that I will add is that I think all of the girls will walk by themselves versus being eliminated. Okay, fair That's enough. My prediction. <laughs> so you guys already know what happened. And by this point, we know what happened as well. We just maybe we should have waited to record this part. <laughs> <laughs> Please uh, tweet at me and tell me how wrong I was about my prediction. <laughs> so what else are you are you uh, are you watching diving into? Um, so on the same channel, actually, I have been watching Abbott Elementary, which is the new comedy that they have from Quinta Brunson. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely hilarious. It is about an elementary school in Philadelphia. And the references are amazing. The writing is amazing. The actors are so good. There's the actor from Everybody Hates Chris. If you had watched that show back when it was on, he's also in the show among some other familiar faces. And I really couldn't highly recommend it enough. It's on hiatus right now until March 22nd, but then it's coming back with the back half of the season's episodes. There's about eight or nine out right now. I've seen a couple of episodes of that show. And I, the reason why I even took a look at it is because it's based in Philadelphia. I don't know how much of it is shot in Philly, but it's supposedly a Philadelphia elementary school. I know the main uh, actress is from Philly. So that hooked me in and I was able to catch it. And I agree with you. It's very well done, very well written, nicely acted. And it's funny. It's a Very sitcom funny. that's actually funny, mm -hmm. which funny. is kind of a rare thing these days. <laughs> I've been watching something called The Dropout on Hulu. Oh, yes. It's the real life story of Elizabeth Holmes. She's the woman who developed that healthcare technology, and I'm doing air quotes here, which actually would have put millions of people at risk because it never really worked. And she duped lots and lots of investors to get this thing done. It's just, she was found guilty, by the way, this is an actual thing. And she, the trial just happened a few months ago. 
She was found guilty. She's waiting to be sentenced. She will not be sentenced until September for some reason. I have a feeling she's going to get quite a bit of jail time, if you know anything about the real story. She is played by actress Amanda Seyfried, who does a great job with this material. That's on Hulu. Looking forward to seeing the rest of it. We're right in the middle of that right now. Also on Apple TV, a show called Suspicion. Have you heard of that one? I have heard of that one, but I haven't gotten to watch it. So why don't you tell our listeners about it? Well, there happens to be four people, four Brits, we won't hold it against them, that just happened to be in New York City at the same time at the same hotel in New York City, where the son of an American media mogul is kidnapped. The four Brits are all, they say they're all there for different reasons. One of them was there because her sister was being married and they were having, as the Brits call it, a hen party in New York City (laughs) before she got married. And the other three were all there for other reasons. Uh, So they're all back in, in Britain and they're all being arrested. They were all arrested for the kidnapping of this mogul's son. And they all say they're innocent. It's just happenstance that they were all there together. Are they lying or are they really innocent? It's kind of hard to tell. I think there are eight episodes and we're on episode six and I still don't know what to make of this whole thing. (laughs) So how about you? What else are you watching? On Apple TV, I'm actually watching a show called Severance. Have you heard of that one? Yes, I have. Tell me, I'm getting it confused though. Severance is a show with Adam Scott and the concept, yeah, the concept is that basically you can elect to have a surgery if you work for a specific company where they will essentially turn off your consciousness while you're in work and then it reactivates itself when you go back out into the world. So You don't remember anything from work that happened when you leave, and you don't remember anything about your outside life when you go into work. Very good. I've only watched the first four episodes. I believe that's all that's out so far. Would definitely recommend it. It is a little gloomy. It kind of reminds me of that movie from with Jim Carrey that was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I believe it was called. Yeah. Reminds Mm -hmm. me a lot of that. Yeah, we started to watch that, and I have to admit I bailed. You mentioned that it's kind of dark. It is kind of dark. And, it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, the whole thing feels very odd to me. I, I, I don't know. It just wasn't my cup of tea. So we bailed on that one. Keep going, though, because I, I want to know how it ends. <laughs> I just don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> There's something on Apple TV also called Servant, uh, which, by the way, is produced by M. Night Shyamalan. And that's the reason why we decided to take a look at this series. It started off like a house of fire based in Philadelphia. Another reason why I'm attracted to it. Uh, but most things that uh, M. Night has done have been based in Philadelphia or the surrounding area. Yeah. And basically it's about a, a Philadelphia couple. He's a well-known chef. She's a local television newswoman and they have a baby who at 13 weeks old dies uh, and i won't say how because if you're going to watch the series uh that would be one of the things that would be a spoiler and it has them dealing with the death of their infant son and they hire a nanny boy this is hard to explain without a spoiler so maybe i'll just stop right there anyway this nanny comes into their life and then it gets a then it gets really m night shamalanish at that point, that's when it really becomes like, okay, what's going on here? Is this real or not? There are three seasons. We're in the middle of the third season, and I hear that there is a fourth and final season in the works. By the way, uh, Rupert Grint is also in this. He plays uh, the brother of uh, the, the wife in the series. And Rupert, <clears throat> by the way, was Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter series. I 
probably didn't have to tell you that, did I? You did not. And the <laughs> only thing I was going to say was I've only seen a couple of episodes of Servant back when it first came out, but there is a great podcast with Dak Shepard called Armchair Expert. And Rupert Grant went on and spoke about having to learn a Philadelphia accent to do this show, which is <laughs> was an amazing conversation to hear as somebody that had one, lost it a little bit, has gotten it back a little bit. But it was just such an insight into hearing how someone with such a strong British accent was supposed to find a way to pronounce things the way that Philadelphians do. Yeah, it's interesting because of the four main characters, three of them are actually British actors who oh. are doing the American or the Philly accent. So, yeah, uh, it was like uh, in uh, Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she did such a she is the gold standard for a Brit doing a Philly accent, in my opinion. Yeah, that, yeah. she did do a fantastic job. <laughs> Let's see what else. Ted Lasso. Everybody knows Ted Lasso. Have you watched it at all? Yeah, I watched it uh, first during the pandemic when there was only one season on Apple TV. And then I was lucky enough to have access to a subscription again in time for the new season to come out. So we watched it weekly and it was great. I highly recommend it. I was Ted Lasso for Halloween this past year. I love the show. It, it's great. I mean, if you, you haven't seen it yet, I would say run, don't walk to go watch it. OK, you have to share a picture of yourself as Ted Lasso for Halloween. <laughs> Uh, please, please do. The other one, is you, yeah, the other one is on HBO that we've been watching, and it's called Euphoria. And uh, this has been out for a while. Uh, we are latecomers to this one. Very intense series. You and I were talking before we started to record this, and you have an interesting take on why you're not watching Euphoria, Gabby. The actors are amazing, and I've heard that the story is great, and it looks beautifully shot. I just feel like I'm a little too close to the source material. I'm not that far out of college, and I know that these kids are supposed to be in high school with some of the things that they're dealing with, but I sit right on the border of being a millennial and a Gen Z, so it's a lot of things that I know are reasons that people my age are watching it, and they love it, but for me, I think I need a little bit more time away, like maybe once the third or fourth season comes out, I'll sit down and watch it all at one time, but... I know that the actors are amazing. I've seen clips online. I know that the show is going to be really good when I watch it. I'm just maybe not mentally prepared to watch it just yet. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. What is interesting to me, as you said, these are high school kids being portrayed by kids in their early to late 20s, but there is a real dearth of adult supervision here and they're doing all kinds of adult things and they're an adult around to say, hey, what's going on here? Maybe we shouldn't be doing all of this, all of these drugs and <laughs> whatever. Anyway, Zendaya is an apt. I had, I wasn't really aware of who she was till I started watching this. She, amazing actress, just absolutely. The whole cast does such a great job for for how young they are. Talk about beautifully shot. It is indeed, no doubt about that. Any movies? See any good movies lately? I have. Last night I saw King Richard. I thought it was awesome. Will Smith did a great job. I really couldn't highly recommend it enough, especially if especially if you paid any attention to Venus and Serena Williams when they were actively coming up in their careers. He plays After, their it's their father, right? Richard Williams. Yeah, but the, both girls as young athletes are portrayed in the movie and Serena and Venus were both executive producers on the movie as well. Mm. So their story is very heavy-handed in it. Not to spoil anything at all, at the end of the movie, they show real-life clips in comparison to what we had just watched in the movie. 
and they were so close in likeness. It actually made me laugh out loud when I was watching really? some of the videos. Yeah. Hmm. So would definitely recommend that. And then I also recently saw Belfast, which I really liked a lot. Wasn't that good? It was so good. If you're going to watch Belfast, make sure you have the closed captions on because the Irish accents are so thick that it's hard to understand. And even though I was taught by nuns in grade school that were right over from Ireland uh, and I'm kind of used to an Irish accent, these, it's very authentic. Really sad too. It's set in the summer, I believe, of 1969 in Belfast. And uh, the whole Catholic Protestant struggle that was going on there and how it affected this Protestant family in particular, really worth a couple of hours of your time if you get to sit down some night and want to see something that will make you think. Yeah, it's a great movie, especially kind of depicting how the beginning of the Troubles happened in the late 60s, just as you said. I thought that the acting was awesome. Agree with Chris, definitely would recommend Belfast if you have the time to watch it. The other companion that I would recommend with that is Dairy Girls on Netflix, which is a comedy about the end of the Troubles. So it's the same conflict, but it's the beginning and then the end. And if you and your wife haven't watched it yet, I would recommend it to you guys as well. Although you will definitely need closed captions because they are talking at the speed of a New Yorker with such thick, thick Irish accents that sometimes I wasn't even sure what they said, but it's so laugh out loud funny. And Belfast is not, but it's very cute and has very funny moments. But Dairy Girls is laugh out loud funny. So if you see Belfast, I would definitely recommend watching Dairy Girls afterwards. And uh, tomorrow is St. Patty's Day, right? So maybe you want to watch it on St. Patty's Day. Yeah, have definitely. A, have a viewing party. Yeah. With a little Irish whiskey. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only other movie that I've seen recently is CODA on Apple TV. Tell me about that. What is that? CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults. So it's a story about a girl who is coming of age and her entire family is deaf except for her. And she discovers that she's very musically inclined, which causes some tension in her family because they can't hear the things that she's creating and people are telling her she's very good at. It was moving in a way that I wasn't expecting. Hmm. Anything else? We also just started Modern Family from the beginning because it's nice <laughs> to have a <laughs> it's nice to have a show that you know it's gonna make you laugh. <laughs> That's it. I mean, that that it was a dependable show every week. There's no doubt about that. That's not a bad idea. If you're looking for something to cleanse the palate from all of the troubles in the world these days, that is one thing that the doctor would definitely recommend. <laughs> we were watching a season one episode. Jay mentioned that Mitchell had a bird when he was younger named Flyza Minnelli, and I belly laughed upon hearing that. So. <laughs> The writing was so good and the ensemble cast just perfect. Just so absolutely perfect. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with that. Speaking of that, one of the series that I would like to rewatch is a Frasier. I mean, that was a series I really enjoyed when it was on back in the 90s and early 2000s. So I'm going to put that on my list too, as well as Modern Family. All right, we're going to take a break, a real quick break. And when we come back, I'll be talking to Jason Lee, who I worked with for years at two different radio stations. And now Jason's into television. He made the transition. It's coming up next on the Encore Podcast. So we're back and uh, I am so happy that this guy agreed to do this uh, with us this morning. Jason Lee, my longtime friend and collaborator and producer and uh, just an all-around good guy. Thanks for being here, Jason. Chris, it's good to see you, man. Good to hear your voice. 
I am honored you asked me to do this. I mean, any chance to hang out with you, I'm there. You know that. You and I go back. I think I first met you at B101. I had just started there. And I think you had just started there as well, right? Yeah, you had started there, I guess, a few months before me. I was doing 10 to 2. You were doing 2 to 6. You So you followed me. And the first thing you said after we met was, you sound good, man. And honestly, honestly, you were so full of crap. But I appreciate that you said that because I sounded awful back then. But I'm like, wow, Chris McCoy said I sounded good. Wow. I, I mean, that, that meant a lot. It really did. We're all a work in progress, Jason, right? I mean, all, each and every one of us is a work in progress. I thought you sounded good at the time. I, one of the things I didn't want to do was uh, feed a line of crap to somebody <laughs> I just met. But no, I really did. I appreciated the most about you was your energy and enthusiasm that you brought to it. That well, you, you to this day bring to everything that you do. Well, uh, you know, listen, I, I don't have to tell you this. You know this better than I do. I mean, broadcasting is fun. And if you're not having fun on the air, something's wrong. This is absolutely true. And that's one of the reasons why I'm retired. I, uh, <laughs> uh, and let's talk about how you got into the business, because you've done an awful lot. You've done a lot more than I have. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, you made the transition into television and you were doing that while you were working with us at B101. Tell us about how you got into it. Start from the very beginning. Go back to your childhood, if you want. Well, it was uh, February 21st, 1973, about 1120 in the morning I was born. Now, um, and you're probably the same way. I always knew what I wanted to do with my life. From when I was a little kid, I knew I wanted to be, back then I called it an announcer. People would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted, I wanted to be an announcer. So I knew I wanted to be on radio and I wanted to be on TV. After high school, I got an internship with the Geeter, Jerry Blavitt. Your audience, a lot of your audience knows who Jerry Blavitt is. He had a, uh, a little AM radio station, 1540 WPGR, that he called Geeter Gold Radio. I got an internship there. After six months, he put me on the air on weekends. That eventually led to a full-time job. I was working there, and we all have stories like this, our first jobs in radio. I was working seven days a week for $12,000 a year. But, but I was having the time of my life. It was such great. I guess you could almost call it on-the-job training because I was so green. But luckily, the Geeter, and God love him for this, he, he saw something in me. I don't know what because, I mean, I, I hear old tapes of myself, and I'm like, oh, my God, that was, that's awful. But, but he put me on the air. After a couple of years there, I sent tapes out to every station in Philly. I didn't want to move. One station got back to me. That's it. And it was B101. Started at B101 uh, part-time in 96. I'm sorry, 94. December of 94. Mm -hmm. And I, I got full-time in February of 96. That's our old friend Jim Ryan gave me the overnight shift. And uh, <laughs> that's where you and I got close because I was on before you and, and you and Joan, you and JJ every morning. Right. And uh, those were some of, the, some of the best times, some of the most fun I had in, in my career. That is the strangest part about this in a way. And it goes to your enthusiasm uh, that you bring to everything is because Jason, as he said, was working the overnight shift on B101 and JJ Joan, uh, Jones and I were doing the morning show and Jason would kind of hang around after he got off overnight. You know, I mean, this was a guy who had that kind of drive. He just wanted to still be part of it, even when he was off the air. So he would, you would help us out kind of unofficially producing for us for, a, it seemed like a couple of hours every morning. Yeah. Well, you uh, know, I mean, listen, part of it was honestly, I, I was just very fond and still am fond of the both of you because I live like an hour from the radio station. I didn't feel like driving home just yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I've been up rush. all night. I, I kind of have to wake myself back up for the ride home. No, but it, it was always so much fun. 
And that that led to me being a producer officially for the two of you. And, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we had a blast. Boy, we sure did. There's there's no doubt about that. And, you know, you weren't just a producer. You we you were on the air with us. Uh, right. You know, we, we kind of leaned on you quite a bit. You well, know, you I'm, you made me a part of the show, which I'm always appreciative because I, I get the feeling like you two made me a part of the show. I don't want to say that management frowned upon it, but, you know, I don't think they wanted a three person morning show. Two, you know, two is plenty, especially in, in the soft rock format where it's, you know, less talk, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But you you two made me a part of the show and I'm I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah, I don't even think they wanted two people on the air in the morning, <laughs> but I think we got them to the point where they realized that, you know, hey, this is pretty good. And there's some chemistry going on there. And uh, we brought you in and that only enhanced things. And I think they, there's just no way they could say no. What you and Joan were always great at, what you made me, I guess, pretty good at was our lives were fodder for the show. Anything that was going on in our lives, we put out there on the air because that makes you more relatable to the audience. So around that time, I was getting married. So we talked about that, very relatable. You know, and then a couple of years later, I was, I was becoming a father for the first time and going through all that. So all that's very relatable. So you, you made me a part of the show and it was, it was great to talk about that on the air. I remember I called you guys from the hospital when my son Ethan was born uh, back in 03. I wish I still had that recording somewhere, but I don't. Ethan just had a birthday, didn't he? If I recall. He just turned 19. 19. That's amazing. (laughs) I don't have to tell you this, Chris. Where does the time go? I know. (laughs) It's funny because um, you and I worked together as uh, Chris and JJ, and then we worked together uh, with Chris and Tiffany. Right. which was uh, the next thing that happened at B101 there. You hung in there. And then all of a sudden, Jason decided, you know, I think I want to branch out. I want to spread my wings. And you did. There were some things that kind of happened. They they wanted to pull back on the talk, which I totally get. So I was kind of taken off of the the role on the air with you guys on the show. And at the time, the lineup with that at B101 was so stable. There was you and Tiffany. Juan was in the midday. Dan Blackman was in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it was at night. Was that was that was that the Mary Marlowe time? I, I think it was Mary Marlowe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the, the lineup was so stable that if I really wanted to grow in the business, I, I had I would have to go somewhere else. So I hooked on with Ben FM with their morning show, Greater Media Philadelphia at the time, and, and that was fun. That didn't last as long as I had hoped it would last, but <laughs> we, we've all been there, right? Yes, we have. <laughs> and then from there, uh, when I left B101, I should say when they shown me the door, it took a little while. It took me almost a year, but I landed at, uh, you mentioned Greater Media. I met, landed at a Greater Media station in uh, New Brunswick. I had worked for Greater Media before at WMGK. Right. Uh, so I landed up there and, you know, things were okay. They hired me to do the morning show and I was doing it by myself. And, you know, I had Candy Roth. Sure. Who, who was doing my traffic and a little bit of news and stuff like and that. She was but fantastic. She, yeah. And you know, she was like 30 miles away up in the Meadowlands right. you know, in a <laughs> yeah. studio. So yeah, it was a little different. And then they decided one day, excuse me, the powers that be. And as a matter of fact, I think it was Jim Ryan who suggested that they take the <clears throat> magic morning show, which is what we called it at the time. And we put it onto their station at, uh, in uh, Manahawkin, WJRZ. Right. So they did that at that point. I, thought, you know, geez, I need to have Jason Lee back with me. I need this guy big time. And, and, you, and you luckily I was available. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my memory is failing me now. Had you been working there part time when this happened? Yeah. So so what happened was Greater Media Philly, uh, Ben FM, 
after I did more, I was with the morning show for a while. We had, we had no personality, no, no jocks throughout the day after the morning show. Then we had a program director come in who decided she wanted personality throughout the day. So there were three of us in the morning show. We all got split up. One in the morning, one midday, one afternoon. I got midday. After like nine months in midday, there were a couple of uh, books where we did pretty well. Uh, granted, we were giving money away, but okay. The, the potential was still there for an audience. They decide they, they want to cut budget, and and I was the one they cut. So <laughs> well, I was one of many that they cut, and they didn't replace me. You know, in this day and age with radio, with, with computers, which I'm sure we'll probably get into, they can run without anybody there. So that's what they did. So right away, I'm calling everybody I know, and I talked to you, and you were kind enough to say to me, hey, listen, get a tape to my program director here in New Brunswick, Jeff Rafter. So I did. Jeff liked the tape. He called me. He put me on weekends. Uh, so I was there. I was there doing weekends for three, four months, maybe even longer than that before they decided to add me to your show. So there it is working with you again at a second radio station, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they were sending the show via, I mean, you know, to this day, I'm not sure how they were sending us. Uh... I don't think they knew how they were sending the show okay? <laughs> because I mean, listen and, and, and look, I, I don't want to talk bad. They were, they were fine people. They, they treated us great, but there were a lot of technical issues with, with how the show got down to Manahawkin. Yeah. And luckily we had, Someone in the studio down in Manahawkin in the morning who was there just for instances like that. Yes. When all of a sudden, you know, technology no longer worked the way it was supposed to work. Trip Rogers was his name. And Trip still Rogers. Is, as a matter of fact. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so any, anyway, every now and then the Internet or something, Wi-Fi would break down and, you know, we'd no longer be on the air. And sometimes we didn't even know it. We'd be gone on for an hour and only to have Trip uh, text one of us and say, hey, you guys sound great in New Brunswick here in <laughs> Manahawkin, not so much. So that kind of ended quite frankly, the technology was just not there. Right. Right. So listeners in Manahawkin, it was, it was hard to build an audience down there when there were all these issues. I mean, if, if you're, if you're listening to a radio station and there's constant trouble on the air and constant dead air, are you going to keep listening? Probably not. No. So that was over. And I went back to just doing the morning show. And what happened to you at that point? I have the rare distinction of being let go by two divisions of greater media. Although I think <laughs> I think that happened to you, too, didn't it? Yes, it did. <laughs> See, that's yet another thing you and I have in common. <laughs> I was let go by greater media Philly and let go by greater media New Jersey. I was thinking of moving to Detroit to go for the trifecta, but I, I figured... <laughs> I figured I, I probably shouldn't do that. No, I saw, luckily, I was only out of work for like two or three weeks. There was a, a, a brand new traffic channel that was about to go on the air called Tango Traffic. Anybody familiar with digital TV, every TV station has like all these, these sub channels now. There's channel six and there's channel 6.2 and 6.3. We mm -hmm. have 17.2, 17.3, 17.4. Tango Traffic was on 17.4. Well, we were, you know, we were on uh, Xfinity and Verizon and all the, cable system. So we were accessible. So they launched this channel and they're having open auditions at channel 17 at PHL 17. So I'm like, what the hell I'm out of work. What the, what do I got to lose? I go there and there's some people I know who are running the audition. So that, you know, that was good. Mm -hmm. I audition friend of mine. Who's kind of quote unquote on the inside says to me, listen, 
you know, you, you did fine, which is what I shoot for. Fine. You did fine. But um, he's like, listen, I, you know, I don't want, I don't want you to get your hopes up because they want attractive women on this channel. And obviously you don't fit that mold. I'm like, all right, well, I try. Well, they hired me. It was me and a bunch of attractive, attractive women, but they hired me. So luckily, I mean, I, you so were I, the I, token. I, yeah. You were the token guy. The, uh... I was, I was going to say middle age at the time. I was still young. Actually, I was, uh, I was 2010. I was the morning co-anchor and that kind of led to what I'm doing now because the people at PHL said, 17, they saw me. We were on one of their sub channels. And that, you know, since we were on one of their sub channels, they were doing some some little morning news thing in the morning. They didn't have morning news yet. They ran like a national program with local cut-ins. Well, we did the traffic on the local cut-ins. So I was on PHL 17 before I worked for PHL 17. But that kind of led to what I'm doing right now. Knock on wood, October of this year is going to be uh, 30, uh, my 30th anniversary in, in broadcasting. With the exception of a couple of hiccups here and there, it's been fairly consistent. Knock on yeah. wood. We'll get into what you're doing now on, on TV in Philadelphia. <laughs> but uh, you also were on another TV station in the Philadelphia area back in the days of B101, right? Yeah. To this day, you, you got to say my station does news, but you got to say action news has always been the gold standard. And I can say that because we run action news at 10. So mm -hmm. so I can say that action news has been the gold standard. And I was lucky enough to be on their air for three years. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you do you remember the old WB 17? Yes. What my station used to be. Mm hmm. I was freelancing doing weather there. A new news director came in at, at WB17, didn't like me, so I was out. But luckily, uh, I was able to get an on-air audition doing the traffic on Action News to be the backup to a guy named John Valerio. People mm -hmm. may remember him. He was their traffic guy for years. But it was, it was an on-air audition. So you want to talk about being nervous. I'm on Action News at 5. <laughs> which has like, I want to say at the time, like three quarters of a million viewers. I have to get this right or they're not going to want me on again. Nervous wreck. Luckily, they liked me and I became John's backup. So there were times where I was doing the overnight at B101. And you remember this. Mm -hmm. I would have to change because I was on till five. Your show started at five o'clock, but the news started at five o'clock. Luckily, it was just across the parking lot. It was in the building next door. I would have to you know, between uh, before maybe my, my last break or my second to the last break, run into the bathroom, put my suit on, put some makeup on and, and go do my last break and then get out of there. You were kind enough to take over a couple of times. Well, you were kind enough to take over every time at like 450 so I could <laughs> get over and, and get across the parking lot and be it there. Wasn't, it wasn't a hardship. Trust me. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciated that because, look, let's face it. You're just waking up in the morning. You know, you're just kind of rolling in. You're trying to wake up, but you were nice enough to take over for me. You had the drive and the courage to make the transition over to television, which I know is something that you always wanted to do. And you particularly always were enamored of sports broadcasters. I know Bob Costas was uh, was somebody that you really Good admire, right? Good, good memory. Yeah, to this day, to this day, I still love everything the guy does. I did kind of meet him. It's a funny story. So I'm like, I want to say 13 years old and my best friend. Did he come to your bar mitzvah? What's, what's the deal? What? <laughs> we invited him. And he, no, no. <laughs> my best friend, this guy, uh, Frank, his name's Frank Eliason, who you met at my wedding. Frank and I have been friends since we were three years old. So his parents took us to a Phillies game on a Saturday. And back then, NBC had the, uh, the baseball game of the week. And this game, I think it was Phillies and Pirates. It was on NBC. Bob Costas was doing the play-by-play. -play. Frank's parents always liked to get to the game really early for like batting practice before like a lot of the crowds there. You can walk down to, to the edge of the stands kind of. And there's Bob Costas walking across the field. 
And even back then, I loved Bob Costas. I mean, he was the man I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I yell, Bob Costas, hey! And he sees this little kid. You're a great broadcaster, Bob. That's I said something stupid like that. And so <laughs> he, I see him reach into his, his sport jacket pocket. He pulls out a pen, okay? And he tosses the pen over toward us. Well, my friend Frank, my friend Frank is a lot taller than me. He's over six feet tall. I'm 5'4", okay? <laughs> Frank reaches out and grabs the pen. And it was an NBC pen. And I'm like, he threw that to me. And Frank said, no, he threw that to us. No, he threw it to me. <laughs> so Frank kept the pen. Long story short, he lost the pen. Oh, gosh. He lost the <laughs> pen. But 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 to get back to your question. So I've never, I really actually met Bob Costas. I'd love to. Sports was always something I wanted to do. You know, it's just, it's it's funny how things turn out, how your career turns out, what opportunities come up. I really haven't had many opportunities to do sports, except for I was on WIP briefly. Doing a sports like, breaks, right? Like like in 06. Yeah, I was doing yeah. updates. And I'm doing a sports show now on TV, which I'm having a blast doing. I'm 49. And uh, it, it pretty much just happened for me where I'm finally doing a sports show, the kind of show that I've always wanted to do. I, and I, I don't say that to complain at all, because I, I've been very lucky in my career. I've been very happy in my career. But sports has always been the missing piece of the puzzle. And thank goodness, you know, thank God I got it. So tell me about the show that you're doing now. It's called Sports Scene. And I think they called it Sports Scene because it rhymes with 17. They didn't tell me that officially, (laughs) but it's called PHL 17 Sports Scene. And it airs Friday nights at 1130. It's an interview program. I, I have three guests every week. One guest is is he's he's a regular guest every week because it's a it's a sports gambling segment because that that's huge these days. So mm-hmm. you have to include that in the show. And he's actually really good. And then the other two guests, I, I try to book guests based on based on what's happening. So we we've done a lot of Sixers. The the the, the most recent show I did, we had uh, Tyrone Johnson from the Mike Bassanelli show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fanatic he was on the week before that we had kate scott the new sixers play-by-play announcer first female full-time play-by-play announcer in philadelphia right. sports history she i think is fantastic on the air and she could not have been nicer she was actually, actually been on the show twice so it's been great it's, it's been a chance to get into what i'm really passionate about which is sports and you know mixing with my other passion which is broadcasting and it, it's given me a chance to to meet a lot of cool people that I may not have gotten to meet ordinarily. Yeah, I remember. And this goes back to uh, before you were doing the uh, the sports show that you're doing now. I remember feeling this like real a twinge of jealousy when I realized that you and Bernie Perrant had become very good buddies. Bernie Perrant, come on, any Flyers fan worth his or her salt knows that only God saves more than Bernie. Exactly. What, what's Bernie Perrant like as a person? Bernie is the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. It, it all started, I want to say like four years ago, maybe when I was, when I was doing weather every day on the news, I'm not now I'm producing more, but when I was the regular weather guy on the news on channel 17, I pitched a segment and it's not that this was a big revelation. Everybody else had done it. I just figured why not we do it too. going down the shore every Friday mm-hmm. and doing the weather live from the shore. Kathy Orr from, I guess she's on Fox now. But she used to be on Channel 3. She did Or at the Shore. So I did Lee by the Sea. I, I can rhyme my name too, okay? <laughs> so so I would have to, d- depending on what short point we went to, I would have to look and see what's going on, any events going on, go to a diner, go to a restaurant, just something, just fun segments. And this was the Kate May segment. And I saw that, I want to say a week or two later, Bernie Perrant was having some kind of a fishing tournament. In Cape May, he's got a boat that's docked in Cape May. This was a fishing tournament to benefit the Ed Snyder Youth Hockey Foundation. So I figured 
he'd probably want to go on the air and promote it. Mm-hmm. It benefits charity. And that's how I met him. We did two live hits on his boat. Oh my gosh. It was one of the highlights of my career. I'm on live television talking to Bernie Perrant on his boat in Cape May. <laughs> and, and since then, and obviously pre-pandemic, he's been to the station a couple of times in studio. I've had him on, on sports scene a couple of times. He's just, he, he's the nicest guy. Give, me, give an example. The day that we were on his boat in between hits, we had, I want to say we had like 20 minutes, maybe a half hour between our, our, our two hits that we did with him. So he takes me in his boat and shows me around. And I see he's got a plastic bag with all, with all these cigars. I, I like a good cigar every once in a while. I'm not what you would call a cigar connoisseur. But so I commented, I'm like, oh, I see you're a cigar guy. So I like to have a good cigar once in a while. I said, what do you got in there? So he shows me his cigars. I made a comment about my dad because my dad is a real cigar connoisseur. Fast forward about four months. He's joining us in studio. I, I go to greet him in our green room. He reaches in his jacket pocket. He pulls out a cigar. He says, I want you to give this to your dad. I can't do it. I can't do Bernie's accent. But it was it, apparently Bernie Perrant has his own cigars, his own line of cigars. Like the ring on the cigar has like a crest and it says BP on it. I, I go to see my dad. I think it was later that day or maybe a couple of days later. I'm like, dad, here's a cigar from Bernie Perrant. You proud of me now? <laughs> And of course, he's like, of course I am. But to this day, my dad hasn't smoked it because to him, that's that's a memento. That's something you hold on to. Yeah, you want to put that in a glass case and put it up there on the mantle, you know, but it just shows you what a great guy he is. I mean, he remembered he remembered that months prior that I said, my dad's a cigar guy here and he brought a cigar for my dad. He's he's an awesome guy. I cannot say enough about what a great guy he is you know not only are you now a bona fide sports broadcaster but you've also (laughs) been a you've also been a philadelphia sports fan all your life as we record this major league baseball is still in lockout shut to me i don't know how that's going to end hopefully it will end soon the sixers now have james harden and seem unstoppable except of course when they rest him and when they rest him, they're not, they're pretty stoppable, apparently. They shouldn't start Furcon Korkmaz, okay? <laughs> you don't start Furcon Korkmaz in place of James Harden, okay? You don't do that. <laughs> well, everybody deserves a chance, I guess, but very cool. Well, before we go, before we wrap this, I could talk to you all day. And I know. Most well, of the night. It's been too long. Tell me about uh, what you're doing, your social media. Uh, are you active on social media these days? I'm active. I'm probably not as active as I should be considering w- what I do for a living. I- I'm on Twitter. I am on, uh, I'm on Instagram. I had a, uh, a public Facebook page. It got hacked by somebody like selling stuff like oh. in Asia somewhere. Yeah, it was weird. I haven't put up a, a, new, a new Facebook page yet, but it's Jason Lee on air on both Twitter and on Instagram. Very good. Well, keep up the good work, buddy. And I can't believe you're 49. Yeah. I remember when I met you, I think you were 21. You're good. You're good. Yeah. We met in December of 94. Yeah. I I was 21. February 95 would have been my 22nd birthday. Yeah. So I was 21. Yeah. You're good. (laughs) By the way, by the way, can I just say something before we wrap this up? Yep. I love you. You are, no, seriously, you're one of the people you're one of the friends that I made in the business that, I mean, I thank God for your friendship because, I mean, you were in my wedding. That's how I feel about you. You've always been a great friend, a role model. You were some, always somebody who, who I looked up to both on and off the air. And I'm so glad that you're back behind a microphone again. I mean, I was happy for you when you retired because I, I, I know you wanted to come back east, even though you loved it out there. I know you wanted to come back east. But damn it, you were so good on the air and, I, and you still are good on the air. So I'm glad you're doing this. This is the perfect form for you because you are one of the few people in the industry who knows 
that a good interview is really just a conversation. It's not Q and A. It's not. It's not bullet points. It's not. Let me let me ask this question. That question. It's a conversation. And you 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 grasp that perhaps better than I mean Howard Stern. I think is the best interviewer ever. But man, you're right up there. <laughs> well, thank you. That's that's very without all the praise. filth. You're right up there. <laughs> I appreciate that. What you've been smoking there, by the way, in your uh, in your basement studio. No, but I, I thank you, Jason. I appreciate that so much. And you know that uh, I'm a, a big admirer of yours as well. well thank always you. have been. Always wanted to utilize your talents in any way I possibly could, and that continues today because I got you on the Encore Podcast, buddy. It is my honor to be here. Love talking to you, Chris. Like you said, we could talk all day. Be well. You too.